Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Look at chapter 7, chapter 7 and verse 1. So the Lord, in verse 1, chapter 7, you looking at it? Say, I'm looking at it. And the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as gods to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. And you shall speak all that I commanded you, and Aaron, your brother, shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not heed you so that I may lay my hand on Egypt. Notice that he will not heed you so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them, then Moses and Aaron did so in verse 6, just as the Lord commanded them, so they did. And Moses was how old? 80 years old. And Aaron was how old? 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. God said, Moses, I have, I have made you, note that in verse 1, a God to Pharaoh. A God. Keep in mind that the Egyptians were a superstitious, polytheistic nation. In other words, they worshiped many gods. So when Moses does a miracle before Pharaoh, Pharaoh thinks he's like one of the gods because they have so many. We'll get to that in a minute. Now look at verse 3 in your Bibles in chapter 7. God said, Moses, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. Now over and over, Everyone, please look at me. Over and over in the Bible, we hear that Pharaoh, first of all, hardened his heart. Pharaoh hardened his heart. But then we learn as we move through Scripture, I'll show you in just a minute, that Pharaoh then, after the Bible tells us he hardened his heart, then the Bible tells us that God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Pharaoh hardens his heart, and then God hardens his heart. Pharaoh's heart was stubborn. Pharaoh's heart was heavy. Actually, hardened means stubborn or heavy or dense. And after repeated refusal to obey God, God then hardened his heart. That literally means when God hardened Pharaoh's heart, it literally means that God established and confirmed Pharaoh in his already existing position. Can I say it again? That God is confirming and establishing Pharaoh in an already established position 
in an already existing position. In other words, he hardened his heart and God said, "Okay, you've hardened your heart, hardened your heart, hardened your heart. Now I'm going to leave you in that place of having a hard heart. Are you following me so far? And you'll notice I'll tell you it wasn't until the last five plagues that God hardened his heart. Oh, I'm going somewhere. It wasn't to the last five plagues that God hardened his heart. In other words, here's the point, saints, that God knew Pharaoh would resist his will. And God still offered him a chance to do the right thing. The Bible says that God's spirit will not always strive with men. Don't you understand that with God, there's a period of time that, that, that we can live in a certain way and, and exist a certain way and rebel him, rebel against him to a point where God says enough. His spirit will not always strive. In other words, God will run out of patience. Yes, he will. Parents, you know about that, don't you? Parents, where y'all at? Okay, you know about that. Boy, don't let me tell you one more time. Now, my mother's patience, let me just tell you real quick, quick. My mother's patience was not so long. I mean, she, my mom was not the one to say, well, let me, I'm going to tell you, let me tell you one time. Boy, don't let me, she'll tell you one time. She'll tell you one time. Okay. I, I don't know what's going on with mothers nowadays. Okay. My mother was an old school black mother. Okay. She'd tell you one time. And by the time she tell you twice, you're coming out of a unconsciousness. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm from the old school. Okay, nowadays it's like, Johnny, let me tell you one more time. Don't make me tell you one more time. I see him in the Publix. I see him in the Publix. Don't let me tell you one more time. Boy, put them Cheerios down. We're not getting no Cheerios. Put them down. Don't let me tell you again. And then he's still picking up different. Boy, I'm one more time. And then it's like not, 10 times. I'm like 10 times. I want to say, excuse me, ma'am. I'll put my mask down. Excuse me, ma'am. Will you please just knock him out? I guarantee you'll, you'll get rid of all these problems you have. Your patience runs out. God's patience runs out, right? Now, when Pharaoh, listen, when Pharaoh, people, preachers, nations continually turn their back on God, God will take over and bend your evil toward his own purpose. Now, the remaining time that we have together, I want to look at each of the plagues. I do want to tell you, and you know that there's 10 of them, right? I do want to tell you that this story isn't uh, as much of a struggle between Moses and Pharaoh or between the Hebrews and the Egyptians. Saints, this is a story of God who is the God of all gods and the Lord of all lords. This is the story of the king of king, and he is the Lord of all lords. I think of Psalm 86, 8. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord. Neither are there any works like unto thy works. There's no God like our God. Somebody say amen. The story of Exodus is a story of God's victory over the false gods of Egypt. And the point of the plagues, listen to me close, was God, big G, defies the God, small g, of Egypt. God, big G, was proving the God, small g, of Egypt were impotent, false, and demonic. And if they had 
trusted these gods, God's going to wipe them out. God, big G, sends 10 plagues. Each plague not only decimates and destroys Egypt physically and economically, but more importantly, spiritually. And again, the Egyptians were polytheistic and superstitious people. Egyptologists tell us that there were approximately 80 major gods in Egypt. They worshiped the frog, the bull, the calf, the vulture, the scorpion, the hippopotamus. They worshiped worshiped the baboon, the crocodile. They had a god of agriculture and a god of livestock. They had the god of weather and fertility. They had the god of battle and health. They had the cooking god. They had racks of gods, and their gods were angry. And you had to pay them off like the mob. These guys, these guys were on the gods. Small G were on the take. How many of you are glad our God's not on the take? He's on the give. Praise the Lord. He gave his son. Our God gives, right? Aren't you glad? We serve a God that isn't angry. False gods are angry. That's why you have to give to them and appease them. You've got to offer to them your hair, even in India. You've got to cut off your hair and offer it to them. You've got to give them fruits and give them vegetables and give them milk and present to them bananas. Outside of all the temples around India, you know, I think I told you. They're outside the temples, they sell bananas. Out of all the temples, they got banana carts. Out of every Hindu temple, they got banana carts. Because when you go before that God, you've got to take an offering. And I guess the God likes bananas. And you know they jack them prices up on them bananas, don't you? Okay, you get them bananas right down the street to the store real cheap. They jack them up. False gods are on the take. Our God gives and gives and gives. Grace and mercy and patience and long-suffering, he gives and gives. Put that Bible down, clap those hands, come on. He gives and gives and he keeps on giving. He keeps on giving. You don't have to pay him off. So in each judgment, God is judging their gods. And the first God to be judged is the waters of the Nile. Plague number one, just write it down. Plague number one, the water becomes blood. We'll read a few, but not so many, okay, in the interest of time. The water becomes blood. It's in Exodus chapter 7 in verses 14 through 24, and you can just peruse with me. The Nile River was the life of Egypt, and they worshiped the Nile. The Egyptian god Kon, K-H-N-U-M, Kon, was to be the guardian of the Nile. The god Hapi, H-A-P-I, was said to be the spirit of the Nile. The Egyptians would sing, Hail to thee, O Nile, that issues from the earth and comes to keep Egypt alive. The Nile was considered sacred and the giver of life. And God is saying, okay, you want to worship the Nile that brings life? Well, that same waters that you worship to bring life, I'm going to cause to bring death. And it turns to blood. Look at chapter 7 and verse 20. All the water in Egypt turned to blood. Listen, all fish died. When the Bible says 
all water. That means what? All water. That means if you had a pitcher of water, the water in the pitcher turned to blood. That means all water, bottled water, any water, all fish died. Look at verse 22, chapter 7. It tells us the magician somehow found a way to do this. And they did the same thing. And they turned water to blood, which caused Pharaoh's heart to become harder. Plague number two, write it down, frogs. Chapter eight, Moses is to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And if you don't, frogs are coming. Look at verse five, chapter eight. Pharaoh hardened his heart. Aaron stretched out his rod over the Nile and frogs came out and covered the land of Egypt. The frog god was named Hect, H-E-C-K-T, H-E-C-K-T, Hect. The Egyptians believed that Hect was the wife of the creator of the world. The goddess Hect had a frog's head and a human body. Ew. And they worship frogs again. And they worship frogs like people in India worship cows. They weren't allowed to kill frogs. Think about that. God afflicts them with frogs and they can't do anything about it because they believe that when people came back, they may come back reincarnate as frogs. So if you kill a frog, you might be killing Uncle Harry. So you can't kill a frog. There are millions of frogs. You read the story. I'm not going to. I'd love to, but we don't have time to read them all. There are millions of frogs and they are everywhere in their houses. You pull back the sheets on the bed. There's frogs. Open the kitchen cabinet to get some popcorn for a movie. Frogs. Put a meatloaf in the oven. Open the oven. Frogs. The magician said, listen, Pharaoh, that's nothing. Watch this. Look at verse seven. And they did a trick and they brought up frogs. Now, let me tell you something. Not only are magicians evil, but they're also stupid. How so? They said, they said, Pharaoh, watch this. And they create more frogs. Instead of, y'all following what I'm saying? Instead of reversing the plague, they make it even worse, sir. Is worse a word? (laughs) They make it worse. Water, bloody. They make it bloodier. Frogs on the land, they bring more frogs. And what do we learn, children? We learn that false gods make you dumb. Plagues, number three, plague number three, lice. Chapter 8 and verse 16 through 19. Chapter 8 and verse 16 through 19. The Lord said, Moses, say to Aaron, strike the dust of the land so that it may become lice throughout all of the land of Egypt. And the third judgment against the God of Gab. This is a judgment against the God, G-A-B, Gab, who was the God of the earth. This miracle is particularly miraculous because God changes. Did you see this? God changes dust to insects. Actually, the word in the uh, Hebrew language is gnats or mosquitoes. God turned dust into biological life. And the magicians couldn't do that. Pharaoh said, I'm glad because you guys are idiots and making things worse. Plague number four, flies. Chapter eight, verse 20 through 29, flies. 
verse 20 and 21, chapter 8, verse 20 and 21, just look there. God said, Mo, get up early, go to the Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go that they may come and worship me or else I'm going to send swarms of flies on you and your servants. And then right about verse chapter 8, verse 23, 24, these were fly, there were flies everywhere except in Goshen where Israel dwelt. Plague number five, Exodus chapter nine, verses one through seven. Y'all still with me? Say amen. Exodus nine, one through seven, plague number five, livestock disease. This is a judgment against the god Apis, A-P-I-S. And it was a male god, by the way, and Hathor, a female god, both. Hathor was thought to be the mother, mother goddess in the form of a cow. And Moses said, Pharaoh, if you refuse to let the people go, God is going to strike with a disease all livestock. Now watch this, saints. When the cattle and the sheep die, it was like a stock market crash. The Nile was bloody. The fish industry is ruined. Frogs and flies, and now there were dead and dying animals everywhere except in Goshen. Plague number six, boils. This plague comes without warning. Chapter 9 and verses 8 through 12. This plague was against the God of medicine and healing. God told Moses to take a handful of ashes. Look at verse 8. Chapter 9 and verse 8. God told Moses to take a handful of ashes from the furnace. Throw it into the air and let Pharaoh see it. And when the ashes come down and land on man, beast, boils will break out in sores. And so these boils break out and they're oozing sores, eruptions on their body. Plague number seven, hail. The Egyptian god Nut, N-U-T. Now that's more like it. Nuts, because they are. Look at verse 19 in chapter 9. Very interesting. Notice God's grace and mercy. God told Pharaoh to tell the people to gather the animals. And they're still alive from the last plague. Those that are still alive from the last plague. And bring them into the house because hail plague is going to be a biggie. So folks gather their livestock into their home and some didn't. Plague number eight, locusts. Chapter 10 in verses 1 through 11. God is judging the grain god, Nepper, N-E-P-P-E-R. This judgment destroyed much of the crops. Look at chapter 10 in verse 7. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. Chapter 10, chapter 10 in verse 7. You looking at verse 7? Say, I'm looking at it. Then Pharaoh's servant, oh, some of y'all ain't looking. Chapter 10 in verse 7. If you're looking at verse 7, say, I'm looking at it. And then Pharaoh's servant said to him, how long shall this man be a snare to us. Let the men go, Pharaoh, that they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? They're saying, Pharaoh, this locust plague, number eight, they say, Pharaoh, how long are we going to keep up this charade? Don't you realize that Egypt is being destroyed? The fishing industry has died. Men are covered with sores and insects on their body. The majority of cattle have died. The fields have been destroyed. 
There's almost complete destruction of the system, the infrastructure, and the economy is almost ruined. They said, how long is this going to go on? And isn't that a good question for our country today? How long will this go on? How long can we destroy our inner cities? How long can we hold on to hate? How long huh, are we going to continue to hold on to hate? How long can we continue to kill the unborn? How long can we continue? Pray for me. How long can we continue with accusing each other of racism? Am I right about it? How long can we continue to divide in the church and attack one another? How long? How long can we continue? How long? Here's a question. How long will God continue? How long will God continue? You know, one of the many things, watch this, watch this, stay with me. One of the many things that Jesus said to the religious Pharisees is frightening. And he said many things. You whitewashed sepulchers, you put burdens on people, you yourself can't bear. When Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed sepulchers, that was like kind of cursing them out. Y'all understand? In a nice, God-like way. Okay. You whitewashed sepulchers, you put burdens on people, you you religious Pharisee. But one of the things, and people miss this, people miss this, watch it. One of the things that he said that is frightening, really frightening and scary is in Matthew chapter 15, verse 14. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 14, let them alone. They are blind leaders of the And if the, come on, blind leads the blind, both will fall into, leave that there for a second. Jesus said, notice he said, let, here's the scary part, let them alone. You see, there comes a point, as I think I mentioned earlier, where God is dealing with men. And God is dealing with nations that he will leave them. And he will abandon And when God leaves, thank you, projection, thank you. When God leaves and abandons people, he leaves you to eat the fruit of your own choices. He leaves you to eat the fruit of your own choices. I'm talking to somebody. You know, in my humble opinion... America is at the place of eating the fruit of their own choices. Fact, many have turned their backs on God. Fact, many have rejected biblical morality. Fact, many have rejected Jesus. And God has given us a great, watch, God has given us a great, awesome, prosperous, blessed country. He has. He has. He has. Mr. Salman, I don't think they heard me. Tell me up a little bit. They ain't heard me. I said, God has given us a blessed, prosperous country. And it is an insult and disrespectful for us to begin to tear down the blessing of God. It is disrespectful. 
You know, it's almost like people in the world today are saying, I don't want the blessings of God. I want to tear it down and I want to build it my way. This country, listen to me close. This country is not a perfect country. Can I tell you something? As one who has traveled to many, many countries in my life, there are no perfect countries. And this one, but we have come a long way. We have a, listen, we got a long way to go, ma'am, sir. We got a long way to go, but we come a long way. And, and, and if we love each other, and if we stop pointing a finger at each other and accusing one another, if we stop tearing down our cities and start trying to build up our cities and build up each other, well, then God will take us the rest of the way. You believe that today? Huh? You believe it? You believe it? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.